1: Welcome back to The Walking Dead TV Podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by Aaron North and Jim Dietz. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. Just great, thanks.
1: So this week we are talking about Walking Dead episode 506, Consume, directed by... I'm going to guess here Seith Man, S-E-I-T-H, maybe it's Seth, I don't know. But Seith Man, and written by Matthew Negrete and Corey Reed, and guest starring Tyler James Williams as returning guest actor Noah. So before we get into the plot, just in general, what did you guys think of this week's episode? You know, it's
2: funny, I... I would call this probably my second favorite episode of the season, but I keep seeming to focus on the negative points I have to make about it. But I did like this episode quite a bit.
0: I really enjoyed it a lot. Melissa McBride, even when the dialogue uh, can you know, sometimes fail her or whatever, can really just sell a scene. And uh, Carol's been one of my favorite characters to watch evolve over the, you know, the course of the show. And so seeing this episode with all this like uh, connective Carol tissue, as it were, um, was I really enjoyed it a
1: lot. This was a little bit of a weird one for me. I I really liked the episode, but there were a few things in it that, like, glaringly stuck out to me as just really bad, but then right when I was taking notice of them, something really awesome would happen to totally take my mind off it. So in the end, it's a net positive and a solid episode, but there were a couple things that we'll get into that I was like, what? But anyway, so this episode, like you guys have said, is a Carol-centric episode. Carol and Daryl, but mostly Carol. Sort of like how last week's was Abraham and, and Eugene, but mostly Abraham.
0: Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I would put it. And I like the way they set the structure for the entire episode off with the opening sequence being a flashback, and then we get you know the flashbacks peppered in. And, you know, she's lost in her own thoughts through the entire episode. Thought that was an, a good device.
2: And it's it's a nice device that doesn't feel reused from last week, where last week was like a time that we hadn't seen before. This time was just giving us a certain perspective on scenes that we are kind of aware of. But, and they take place within the, the timeline of The Walking Dead that we've seen as opposed to kind of Abraham's flashbacks, sort which of were before The Walking Dead started.
1: And something I really liked about the format of this week's flashbacks was that they were um, non-sequential. They did not happen in the order they happened in the show. They yeah. happened as things related to things that were happening in this week's episode, but not, you know, this happened first and then this happened second, this happened third. Even though they were separate in what they were, they also didn't happen in order. Good point. So in the first flashback, uh, we see Carol being exiled from the prison community by Rick um, in that neighborhood where they met Hippie Sam and his hippie girlfriend, whose name I can't remember, but she died. So it's not really that important. Um, (laughs) And she travels to the countryside. She scavenges supplies. And then one morning at her shelter, she notices smoke rising in the distance and goes to investigate, only to find the prison in flames in the aftermath of the governor's attack. And I really liked how you mostly just see it in the reflection of her uh, windshield. On no, their, totally. On the car.
0: They don't show a shot of the president at all. It's only shown in the reflection of the windshield.
1: Which was probably a way of saving money, since they didn't have to reuse those shots. They could literally take a shot from the show previously and reverse it and put it on the wind- windshield. But it worked really well.
2: For those playing at home, Anna was the name of the hippie girlfriend from the episode where they where she was uh, ex where Carol's exiled. And um, just to add, I did like the Walking Dead visual humor of having a sign that says "Hitchhikers may be escaping inmates."
0: I did yeah. like that as well, yeah. That was nice. Um, the, uh, the I had to rewind it a couple times to make sure it wasn't the house that uh, Beth and Daryl burned down.
2: I initially thought that actually, too, Jim, that seeing the smoke from a distance, mainly because it was the white smoke, and I I've that, that image is apparently ingrained in my mind. I was like, is that the place where Beth and Daryl were? Is that where she's gone? I was like, oh, no, no, it's the prison. I get it. This makes more sense. Right. Well,
1: when she was with Tyrese, didn't they see the smoke from, or what we assume was the smoke from the burning down still, didn't they see that when they were at the house with... um. The two young girls and Judith?
0: Yes, they did. But my mind doesn't work all that quickly all the time, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Fair well, enough. I mean, we never got confirmed that the smoke that they saw was that house. We just uh, made those connections ourselves and assumed it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So in the present, Carol and Daryl follow the car with the white cross that they saw three episodes ago now, I think, if yes. I recall correctly. Carol suggests they just run the car off the road because they're running low on gas, but Daryl vetoes the plan, and he says the hoping he's hoping the car will lead them to their base. So they track the car all the way into the ruins of Atlanta. We get a nice uh, revisited shot from, I believe, the end of the pilot and also the end of the second episode with uh, the highway. It's even the, um, the cover of the Season 1 DVD box set.
2: And just most of the imagery from Season 1, just that image of Rick on a horse arriving.
1: Right, right. So they go into Atlanta. They follow this car way too close, in my opinion. That was one of the things that stuck out to me. It was like, how are the people in this car not seeing them way earlier than they maybe do later on? But they track it. The car stops, and a cop gets out of the passenger seat, walks over to the side of his car. And I'm not sure at all what was happening. Maybe we'll find out more of that next week. But he, like, picks up a bike and moves it and picks up another thing and moves it. And then he walks back to the car. Maybe sees them. Maybe doesn't. Gets back in his car, and him and his partner drive away.
2: The running joke that we, that my friends and I had about this was that they just really hate bikes, and that they're doing everything to eliminate every bike that they see. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, I think it's more if he looked that direct. Like the guy looked that direction because there was there was a walker next to the car making noise. So obviously that gets you know your attention going. But I didn't have a problem with the kind of the the stealth uh, following mission that was going on with Daryl and Carol just because there's there's no lights and there's no way to really indicate that they're behind them I mean they might have been close from a kind of filmmaking's perspective but I just didn't I didn't there see it was as like a
1: one shot in particular. I think it was right after the season one D V D revisit shot, where they're driving behind this car and the light of the moon is bright enough and they're like maybe fifty feet behind the other car that I was like, There's no way these guys did not see this car right here.
2: Well, if they're like super paranoid checking their mirrors for no reason, maybe, but who's checking their mirrors in the zombie apocalypse where they're probably very accustomed to driving around with nobody being around at all?
1: Uh, that's possible, I guess, but it still stuck out to me, Re- regardless. Um, so the car starts driving away, and they go to follow it, and their car won't start because it's out of gas. So Carol says she knows a place nearby, and I, I like this. I like that they are uh, you know, reminding you and not forgetting themselves that these characters, many of them, were from Atlanta proper, and they know their way around. Carol knows a place nearby that they can hold up for the night, and so they head there.
0: I kept thinking the closer they got to the city center that there there should be more people but then I realized that the hospital probably snatched most of the survivors. But I just felt like there should be like more bodies and more—I don't know. It just—it seemed kind of empty in comparison. It's the kind I of thing
2: where I guess it's the kind of thing where it's like it's been what like a year and a half, two years or something that we've explained before and kind of this zombie apocalypse and between the bombings and the walkers and weather, I'd imagine just various things that could probably have cleared out the area. And of course, budgetary constraints or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it just—I can—I can understand the area not being too ravaged by by just bodies hanging around and some walkers moving on and whatnot kind of like 28 days later i guess like in those some of those initial scenes in that film
1: well yeah i think the time plays into it a lot at least it did in my head where a yes you had the bombings you had people fleeing i mean you can see the cars just you know end to end there on the exit lanes out of atlanta but with two and a half or so years passing since then you gotta figure that even the masses and masses of zombies that were there, many of them who have moved on and joined herds or started as a herd. We even saw uh, I think it was back at the end of season two where the walkers see a helicopter, maybe it was the beginning of season three, but a bunch of walkers in Atlanta proper see a helicopter and a whole heart hurt horde starts just filing out of the city, following it and ending up at Herschel's Farm eventually. That's right. season
2: so, two. Yeah, that's the season two. Like there's like a whole that's a whole episode where like, after Shane gets killed, we get, the, like, the next episode begins with the flashback to how the zombie horde suddenly appeared at Herschel's farm, and it's because of that very reason, yeah. Right.
0: right. Because I remember at the end of that episode, where everybody was saying, why were there so many all of a sudden in a herd, and they kind of answered right, that right. in the next yeah.
1: episode. So yeah, it doesn't bother me that the population seems to have thinned out in the city that much. Like, you don't want to be in a city right when a, the zombie apocalypse starts, but two and a half years later, maybe it's not as bad as it was. That That, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. And there were still a lot of zombies around, just not that many in, in the very beginning.
2: I mean, yeah, it was, you know, probably like a Wednesday night, zombies have things to do besides just hang out in the city.
1: It's karaoke night.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, various parts. We we all know Atlanta's karaoke scene's pretty wild,
1: so. <laughs> so, the place they find shelter in is a old um, I don't even know what you'd call the building proper, but the part that they're hiding out in is basically a place for a battered women's shelter, basically, but battered women, battered children, um, a place for people to escape from uh, terrible family situations. And uh, it's made clear that Carol and Sophia had been there, not for very long, but they had been there before, which is how Carol knows about it.
2: A shelter would be the best kind of way to describe
1: it. The only reason I don't want to call it a shelter in particular is just because it seemed like a big building, and it seemed like it had multiple uses. Okay, uh, The place they were in specifically was uh, was a shelter. So they're they're kind of hanging out and talking when they hear a noise down the hall. They go to check and they find uh, a zombified mother and I believe two children who have just basically probably just died from starvation in there and are trapped in this room. And uh, Carol wants to take care of it and Daryl tells her, you don't have to do that. And when she wakes up in the morning, she finds Daryl burning the bodies, which was the scene we had seen last week on Talking Dead. And she thanks him for doing that for her.
2: This... Is, I mean, if there's like a top three of scenes in this episode, this is easily like maybe the n- number one or at least number two scene of the, of the episode because I, I think it does so much to convey what Carol, who Carol is, who Daryl is, what their relationship is, what the past has meant to both of them in different ways. There's just so much going on, and it's all accomplished with very little dialogue, and I love it. I love this scene.
1: Oh, and I agree completely. It was very beautiful, and as um, – oh, I'm going to forget her name now. Who was on uh, Talking Dead last night
2: from uh, Community? Yvette, Yvette Nicole Brown.
1: Yvette Nicole Brown, yeah. Um, she even pointed out the image of fire, which normally I'm pretty good about catching these things, but there's fire in all the flashbacks or smoke, and there's fire and fla- and, and smoke a lot in the episode proper as well. And the episode being titled Consumed um, makes that stick out even more, but uh, yeah, if you pay attention, there's a lot of that image.
2: I was kind of waiting for you to bring that up, because last week you were all about the the wounded hand reference. I figured the smoke and fire one was very obvious throughout this episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's obvious now that I think about it, but I think it was a little bit more subtle because they didn't keep bringing it up. It was a visual thing and not just a, hey, that hand keeps bleeding, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I man, guess it was, it was never like
2: addressed it. in dialogue. That's fair. I can, yeah. Right. <laughs> that so, so, like I wrote, like, in giant letters, fire motif. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, so kudos was... <laughs> to kudos to the writers and the director and the actors for having this motif that didn't bludgeon me over the head. Not only are they trying, but it worked for really me. <laughs> really, so Kudos. That next day, after all that, they decide they need to find a high vantage point so they can scout around and see if they can find any more of these cars, if they can find where these people are, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. So they find this tall office building connected to a parking garage via a sky bridge, and uh, they enter from up there after using fire to uh, distract some zombies, more fire there. And uh, as they move through the garage, we see, but they don't, that someone is watching them. And it's... Kind of unclear from the first shot whether it's a human or a zombie, but someone is kind of back behind them, and the camera lingers for a moment. See,
2: it did it enough where I was never concerned it would be a zombie, but I, I was very curious about who it was going to be. And the first time, I was like, oh, that has to be Everybody Hates Chris, but then I was like, well, who else could it be? So I was kind of pondering where that was going to go. Sorry, Jerry.
1: <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't think it was a zombie either although like i said the, the shot was far enough away that you couldn't really tell but for whatever reason noah did not jump to mind i guess because timeline wise i figured that hadn't happened yet but it clearly had by the end of the episode yeah that was so.
2: that's a good point yeah we weren't necessarily in the know on when this was taking place in relation to the beth stuff so right
1: exactly
0: well if the hospital crew have atlanta that much on lockdown and really have it on patrol like that i mean he would be one of the few people on the streets that they hadn't already snatched.
1: Oh, you know true, I mean? true, know, absolutely.
0: No to evade them, you know how at least. And now we find out why everybody hates Chris cuz he steals your weapons.
2: <laughs> what got me what got me about the whole timeline thing by the way is I, I couldn't I was trying to like I was having trouble piecing together the kind of the time between when noah his name not Chris, everybody it's christened when noah escapes the hospital to when i guess beth wakes up or recovers from that whole scenario that attempt like because that the end of that episode the beth episode carol is brought in of course so i was trying to like there, apparently there's this whole section this whole daryl carol episode takes place kind of clumped in with the between like when noah escapes and when beth wakes up about to kind of do something about that other doctor like it's a some weird timing. I was I was trying
1: to piece this. Together. This was one of my other minor complaints about the episode was that timeline issue. The only way I can really reconcile it is Beth and Noah attempt to escape, and Noah escapes the day before Carol and Daryl come into the city. Yeah, and then he has only been out on his own for like twelve hours when he runs into them, and sh- and Beth was unconscious for a day or a day and a half.
2: What's funny is that it's only a problem when you think about it. Like, piecing it together just based off the images we see, you get it. <laughs> but then when you like look at it, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. How? And then then your eyes get crossed.
1: <laughs> so they make their way up to the sky bridge, and I really like this scene. This is one of those things that even though I had problems that really stuck out to me, you have the walkers trapped in um, basically people who had just... Probably, again, starved. There probably weren't any bites or anything like that, or at least I didn't see any. But... You, know, they, they died in their sleep in sleeping bags or in tents, and you have this kind of inchworm, glowworm effect of the zombies trapped in sleeping bags and trapped in the tents, all very eerie and something again we haven't seen before. They've been doing a really good job this season of finding new ways to show us zombies.
0: Weaponizes the zombies too. I mean, when that scene where you know he confronts them in the sky in the sky bridge. I mean, it, basically, you know, it's, just, it's like you know a can of instant zombie. You pull the tab, and out comes a walker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree that the that it was eerie watching the
2: kind of inchworming in the sleeping bags of the zombies. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, this that's just mm. sad.
1: <laughs> even then, even with these zombies in a way they haven't seen before. And I think, I think it's even Daryl points out, you know, this place just gets weirder all the time type line. That's not what he says, but just when you think you've seen everything or something like that. They still take the time to not kill all the zombies, but to kill the ones they need to and check their bodies for supplies and stuff like that. Again, very smart. Them working as a well-oiled machine for the most part. They make their way across there and they they find a door that's kind of chained shut, but they can slip through it, um, which is clearly setting up that something's going to happen because they have to put their weapons through and then themselves through single file. And they they come into a a law office or some type of very nice office um, with like modern art on the walls and stuff. They they get some more water and uh, Daryl uses the scope of the sniper rifle out the window to look around and he spots a white van with uh, the white crosses in the window. And they decide that they're going to go there next. It's kind of angled precariously off a bridge. Like, it's been there for a while. It's hanging off, kind of, but it's still hanging on just by the skin of its tires, I guess, for lack of a better term.
2: I'd I'd like to think that this ops they're in is in, like, this alternate universe where there was a Mad Men spinoff that takes place in Atlanta. (laughs) It did kind of have a (laughs) modern Mad Men feel to it, yeah. Yeah.
1: And they have a nice conversation before they leave the room about the art. Carol likes it, and Daryl thinks it looks like a dog uh, stuck its butt in paint and then uh, swiped its way across the canvas.
0: Daryl Dixon, modern art critic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they head back through the chained-up door... And you know something's going to happen because I focus on it so much. And what do you know? But Noah jumps out. Um, he steals their uh, their gun, or the the big gun, and the crossbow. Uh, he then slices open one of the tents. He says he he can tell they're tough. They'll be fine, but this will buy him some time. And uh, he escapes while the while the zombies attack them. Carol does attempt to shoot him. She says in the leg. Uh, it doesn't quite look like it though. But Daryl stops her. And uh, Noah, at least for the time being, gets away with the crossbow and the big rifle.
2: Now, he gets he gets both tents like he he takes out both tents because like Daryl kills one and Carol shoots the other. And the second I saw her aim at Noah, I realized this is going to be something we talk about on the podcast tomorrow, because I really do think after watching it a couple times that Carol was pointing downward and was not going to kill Noah but I know that there's going to be debate about that.
1: Well, like they even say in the episode and in Talking Dead, it doesn't matter if she just shoots him in the leg; he's still going to die.
0: Sure. Whether
1: or not it's a shoot to kill or a shoot to kill, eventually he's gonna die.
0: Well, what gets me is, and sorry, Jerry, for spoiling the, spoiling the rest of the episode. But um, what, later, when you know Daryl like totally reverses on that, you know he doesn't want Carol to shoot him and, and, and potentially kill him then. But he's perfectly willing to let him sit under an Ikea bookcase and get killed by a zombie, you know, for stealing his crossbow. And, I mean, there are things that put him in that point where Carol's life has been threatened a number of
2: times and Daryl obviously cares about her. So at that point later in the episode, I can see where he's coming from, uh, from this initial meeting where he could presumably think, we'll meet up with this kid again. I can see him wanting to let him get away for the time being.
1: So without their weapons, they get to the van. And the van is, again, precariously angled over the edge, Uh, and there's walkers on both sides of the overpass that it's on, but they're a decent uh, distance away, so they decide to search the van for clues to hopefully find out where it was from, and they do find uh, either on the van or, or in the papers inside the van the words Grady Hospital, and Carol, again, because she was from Atlanta, knows where that is. So they decide to go there, but the zombies have closed in at that point, um, and the only thing they're able to do is hide in the van, and they eventually decide, well, the only the fastest way out is down, and so they uh, buckle their seatbelts, which was a nice touch, and uh, they let the zombies push them over the edge about 20-30 uh, feet down uh, to the bottom of the overpass, um, which, okay, so I, I love this and hate this at the same time.
2: I love it just.
1: <laughs> the The van... Starts to tip. Back end coming up, front end going down. And at first I'm thinking, okay, it's going to slide down, and it's going to hit the nose slash the underside, but they got their seatbelts, it should be fine. And then the shot shows this van... Starting to tip end over end, and I thought in my head, oh crap, this thing is gonna land on the roof. The way it's tipping and the distance down, just physics would dictate it's not gonna get a full flip in there. It is gonna land on its roof, and that's potentially extremely deadly, even though there's only 20, 30 feet. And then it cuts to a wide shot, and it doesn't, it's not even, you know, flipping at all. It lands straight down, practically four on the floor with its wheels. So that bugged me because those two shots did not line up at all i get it it was a practical effect there's only so much you could do but then i was immediately brought back by a they're okay and then the zombies hitting the roof which made me laugh out loud but there was i literally said as the van landed on its four wheels i went wait what out loud because it was so jarring those the way those two shots didn't line up everything else though was awesome about
2: this i i agree with everything you just said but none of none of the bothersome part bothered me
0: like yeah, me either, actually, I thought it was a really well paced scene um when they you know he's like buckle up and she reaches for his hand. there's like a nice beat there, there's another beat when the the van falls and and i don't i didn't the practical effect of the van falling didn't really affect me at all, but that when they land there's that like beat, and then the walkers start falling down, and then we see like the blood from the other walker, you know it's like you there's a there was that silence in between, you know what I mean the crash. There's, like, that one beat of silence, and then the walker first walker I thought was really well done. I just really, really liked that scene a lot.
2: I was saying how there's if there's, like, top three scenes, this is the other one that, like, I would compete for number one or number two for me just because I feel like it's so effective. And everything, Jordan, you said, I was in that, I was in, like, I don't even know, like, the you know, some kind of 12-step mode where all these different emotions came to me at the same time because, like, they're they're doing, what? What's happening? Who's going to get hurt? Where are we going? They're in the van. Is it going to flip over? Is it not? It doesn't. Yes, success, humor, because zombies fell off. It was like, <laughs> all these things happened. It was just this rush of emotions where it's like, I don't have time to, like, complain about this because that was just so well done. And what I, I think what sold me is the shot inside of the van as they realize this is probably going to hurt a little. And they look at each other and they give them that look. It's like, there's no other option here. And then, then it goes and then you have that moment of quiet where the camera's still inside the van for a little bit. And then it cuts to outside the van and it, like, lands. And it's like, oh, my God, that was crazy. And then
1: zombies fall off. <laughs> and I really did think the scene was great. Don't get me wrong. It was just, I, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. And then that one shot made me go, oh, crap, this is going to be way worse than I thought. So then to have it be even better than I thought it was going to be in the first place, mm-hmm. it, like it took me out of that scene so hard, only to have me br- be brought back in equally as hard by the humor. It was just very odd. Normally, I wouldn't even notice a, you know, a visual gaff like that, but... It was weird. Like I said, everything else about the scene was tip top, 110% awesome. It was just that one thing that really surprised me
0: by that. Something too, I think that's kind of, um, that, um, I don't know if anybody mentioned, but the acting between the two, uh, Melissa McBride and Norman Reedus in that scene, there's really like minimal dialogue as they realize what's going on. You know, she says, is there anything we can use? And they realize what they're going to have to do is they sell it with their acting way more than the dialogue is there to sell it for us. And, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really great scene.
2: The only thing that could have made it better is the second Carol opened the door and got out, another walker just fell, like, face-planted into the dirt in front of her or something. <laughs> like
1: that. I, I was kind of surprised that there was so few zombies who fell. Like, you do hear quite a bit of them, and there are a few on the ground, but there was like 40 zombies up there. Yeah. I, I would kind of expect there to be a continual, you know, just waterfall of zombies.
2: Yeah, to... I, was, yeah I was completely waiting for more. and they didn't happen, but we got to see, like, one, like it cut in half like crawling after her so it was like alright <laughs> so yeah, 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 that was nasty for like a one shot or two like I mean it didn't cut like after the van hit the ground like you're just watching this whole thing it's like wow we, we survived that let's walk away now because this was terrible
1: <laughs> well well, hobble away they, they do seem yeah, to be I mean, injured and Carol definitely has a uh, a medium shoulder injury it wasn't it, mild it wasn't serious but it, it was, was getting
2: worse it looked like it could have been like internal bleeding or something like that
1: possibly yeah
2: because it I mean it it still it, it was clearly bothering her like a lot it's like
1: They head to a building – now, here's interesting. I don't think it was the same building they were in before, but Wikipedia says they were turned back to their shelter. I disagree with Wikipedia on this
2: case. They weren't, yeah. They were
1: heading to a building that was up close to Grady Hospital that they could see from up top. And uh, they they find a walker immobilized by one of Daryl's crossbow bolts through its neck, um, which lets them know that Noah is nearby. And they head deeper into the building and they hear uh, Noah kind of firing wildly trying to kill a walker. And they find him attempting to move a large bookcase. Daryl just clothesline's not the right word, but he, tackle's not even the right word. But he just like rams him into the bookcase. It falls over on both of them. Daryl gets out from under there, but he leaves Noah to be eaten by the zombie that's coming out from the door behind the bookcase. I don't know why people keep moving things. Every time you move something in from from a uh, front of a door, it was there on purpose. Pay yeah. attention, folks. But I, I, lo-
2: I love that rush that he does to him to push him against the book. That was a fun move that he did. <laughs>
1: Apparently Daryl played football in high school. I was not aware of this, but it makes sense, I guess.
2: I'd like to think that Daryl like would um go into like like a Pop Warner games of football, and he was like clearly much older than the other kids, but he'd still join one of the teams anyway. Like up until the <laughs> week before the zombie apocalypse,
1: <laughs> like that recently. Yeah. <laughs>
0: not since the Evil Dead have more zombies been or more victims been pinned under bookcases. Yeah. <laughs> zombies.
2: That's what I'm looking forward to in the Stars TV series, bringing, bringing back Evil Dead. Just more
0: bookcases and ash dealers People <laughs> getting pinned under bookcases. It's the yeah. classic. It really is. Thank you, Sam
1: Raimi. So, yeah, Daryl decides he's going to leave Noah to be eaten. Not before he grabs a, uh, is it Morley cigarettes? What's the X-Files brand? Is it Morley?
0: Morley, it is. It is yeah. Morley, yes. That's what the smoking man used to smoke and, uh, you yeah. know.
1: And I'm 99% sure I don't have the image in front of me, but that was the the uh, brand he was smoking there. And uh, Carol wants him to, you know, to help Noah, but uh, he says no. Uh, she pleads again, and she, as the zombie's right about to bite Noah, and she turns towards Daryl, and he's already firing the crossbow to kill the walker, and they rescue Noah.
0: And he's smoking
1: <laughs> on
0: TV. He smoked openly
1: he was really kurt Russell it in that scene i
0: really yeah he was channeling kurt russell in that scene it's funny because i keep reading about all the um the controversy over uh the show constantine i uh, not being able to let him the the, you know, the main character smoke because it's a network show but exactly I, you know, yeah, here I he just smoked openly on cable yeah amc character smoke
1: <laughs> man <laughs> or, or lung cancer welcome either one so, a bunch of things start happening wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. very smoky, okay, we're done <laughs> <laughs>
1: smoking matters here yeah. Um. <laughs> So a lot of things start happening kind of all at once. So I'm just going to go through them one by one. But Noah tells them that he needed the weapons to assault the hospital and rescue Beth. Um, and there's you no. Know, then now everybody knows what's up. He escaped from the hospital. Beth helped him. She didn't get out. He wants to go back and rescue her. They want to rescue her as well. And the police officers from Grady Memorial Hospital probably heard the gunfire. They see a car coming. And so they start uh, kind of figuring out what they're going to do here.
0: It's not. Well helping. what happens it's is Noah, Noah's, Noah's hurt uh, from the giant bookcase.
1: Well, and from uh, his and, earlier leg injury from the, from the, week, um, the pre- yeah the other right thing, so. <laughs> from, from the elevator.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daryl goes back to get him, and that's when Carol gets hit by the car uh, when they are fleeing. Though.
1: Well, so I, I didn't even get to the fleeing yet, but yeah, they they do flee. They're going to go. Uh, Noah says he knows like a, a back way through a, a basement that uh, doesn't have any walkers. So they're going down there. Carol steps out of a door. And uh, Daryl is behind because he's helping, uh, helping Noah like uh, Jim said. And then uh, the cop car they saw earlier—not even the cop car, but the car with the cops in it—is it like Air Force One? Does it automatically become a cop car when cops step in it? I don't sure, know. why not? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> comes from right out of frame and hits her and sends uh, Carol stunt double uh, ricocheting over the roof of the car. Noah stops Daryl. He says, look, I know these are bad guys, but they have medical equipment. The, if we want to save her life, we need to let them take her, and we can follow along later. And he also says that the only way to get in there is going to be with lots of guns and lots of people. And Daryl says something to him, which I couldn't quite make out. I even reversed and tried to watch it again, but I couldn't quite make it out. Either we've got those, or we'll be patient, or something like that.
0: He says we, we've got those. He's well, no, he says... We can get her back. We can get Beth back. And Daryl says, well, what's it going to take? Noah, a lot of guns, people. They've got a lot of guns, a lot of people. And Daryl says, so do we. Ah, that, okay.
1: That's, yeah, that's, yeah. And so they uh, they steal a box truck, and uh, they run out of Atlanta back to Rick's group to uh, enlist their help. So we can assume here, I assume we'll, we'll probably have this 100% shown next week, probably in the first or second scene. I'm assuming the first scene will be with Beth. And the second will be uh, with Daryl, but uh, it was almost certainly Noah who uh, Daryl was saying come on out to when uh, Sasha or Michonne, I forget who it was, approached them um, at the end of the episode three weeks ago now, four weeks yeah, ago now?
2: Four weeks ago now, yeah.
1: And that is our
2: episode. As far as that whole, like, that tying it back into the week of the episode from weeks prior... I mean, I, th- I think a lot, of, a lot of people were kind of guessing that I, that Daryl would be with like Noah since he was the one that escaped. That like, they're kind of piecing it together, and yeah, this episode I think definitely confirms that fact. I don't think there's any real mystery surrounding that anymore. This stuff with um, how we end this episode from a plot standpoint, I get it and I appreciate it. I like, okay, now we're tying things together so we can kind of move the groups along and everyone's gonna you know find themselves and whatnot. My issue with it is this was an episode about Carol, and then a cop car literally drives into her and wedges her out of her own episode, and it becomes something else completely. And I don't feel like there was closure to the idea of having an episode about Carol.
1: I get exactly what you're saying. My My assumption is, and this is also based on what uh, Chubb's Toad was saying on earlier episodes, I do kind of get the impression they might be preparing to kill car- uh, Carol and if this was the last we see of her, that would be why we got all of these flashbacks. Um, I hope they don't kill her, but I could see how it would work, and I, I think that could be why they do that. We might not get any more real scenes with her outside of a coma uh, coming up, and that might be why they put all this here. It, it was certainly weird having her basically shoved out of frame like that, though. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you're saying. But it was definitely a solid episode for, for both her and... Uh, and uh, Norman Reedus altogether.
2: The the benefit of this is it doesn't take away from any of the, you know, what they're giving as far as acting goes, you know, scenes prior. That said, I'm not about to make bets or anything, but I don't think Carol's going anywhere. I think, I don't, I don't don't think we're about to lose that character at the same time. I certainly
1: hope not. But when you have an episode structured like this, showing you all the bits and pieces, the connective tissue uh, of her, and we kind of skipped over the flashbacks aside from the first one, but, uh, it does worry me a little bit because it's very TV tropey in its way of like, here's why you should love this character right before we kill them. Not not that we really needed that with Carol because I think pretty much everybody loves her already. But
2: yeah, I, I I'm not saying I don't see where that comes from. I'm not saying I'm going to be surprised if it does happen. I'm just saying I I I, I don't feel like that's going to be the scenario here. And regardless of all of that. I don't feel like there's closure to the episode, that, and that's my issue with it. I feel like it, instead of providing closure, we got plot.
1: It was definitely a to be continued, more yeah. than a beginning, middle,
2: end. Which, and I think it is possible to have kind of given us some, just like just one scene more, maybe of Carol, or you know, have it from her perspective of you know thinking about something as she's crossing the street, then suddenly she gets hit by a cop car or something, like you know, making more abrupt than just us seeing it from a third party. I think that could have helped this episode out. Again, I like this episode a lot, though. Like, I really like these two characters being together for an episode by themselves. I think anybody would like that just because people, you know, like these characters pretty much more than almost anybody else on the show at this point.
1: Would it have worked for you, Aaron, if it ended with that shot from uh, two weeks ago of Carol being wheeled into the hospital and Beth seeing her?
2: If we, like, if we went from, like... um... Daryl once again, like, they, them driving away, and then it cuts to the scene of Carol being brought into the hospital, I think, yeah, I, that could have that could have helped, yeah, I would have probably... It would have bookended it better, It would have, but yes, that's a good way to put it, yeah, it would have bookended the episode better, because we're focused on the same, you know, the character that matters the most in this episode.
1: Uh, I, I buy that, although it did feel like, th- I mean, that episode was going, like, a mile a minute right up to the end, even though there were slow bits, you know, earlier on for character reasons, I... I, I if I had to wager a guess, I would say that scene was probably there in the original shooting script, um, but was probably cut for time, if, if I had to guess. Yeah.
2: Regardless, this is the, this is the episode we saw, so, I mean,
0: <laughs> I got comment. Yes, on. absolutely. <laughs> and, and I totally get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Now, Richard Chopto did send us an email with his thoughts on the episode. He couldn't make it tonight. He had to work. But, uh, Aaron, can you tell us what he thought about the episode?
2: Yes, I can. Uh, he says... My comments on this episode are that it was an episode that is just another connecting tissue in the plot of the group coming back together to go get Beth and Carol. With that said, they made it one hell of a ride for an episode that does a little more than move the story along and put our, our pieces together. I really enjoyed this episode. I give it a 4.5 busters. I think Noah is going to end up from being from Alexandria, Virginia, and this will help renew the mission to go to D.C.
1: Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, I really like um, his his comment. Really uh, made me think about this again. I like that this gives the season or this first half of the season more of a direction. Now, in that up until this point, I assumed that even if it was Noah with Daryl, you know, in in the woods, that Carolyn that Carolyn Best stuff had already happened, and that. You know, that storyline had already wrapped up now, knowing that they're going back to Rick to get that group to come and help rescue Beth and Carol gives the whole half end of the season, a much more strong narrative direction and gives them, um, gives them something to do because I mean, up until this point, I had literally no idea what would be next for Rick's section of the group, what they would be doing. Yeah, and so I, I like that now they have a, they will have a narrative thrust for to you know to run out the end of this this uh, half season at least.
2: Yeah, given that there's only two episodes left, we obviously know that there's going to be some kind of showdown that's going to take place in the mid season finale to kind of get us into a different area by the end of this epi- by the end of this half of the season. And I do, yeah, I, I agree. I do. I was given that, like Rick already had like a mini finale with you know dealing with the cannibals, which you know <laughs> happened three episodes into the season. It's like, well, yeah, where are things going? And so it's decided to take a, a neat approach of splitting off into different groups, which met with varied amounts of success, uh, mostly good success. And now we're kind of weaving ourselves back in, and it's, so it's a it's done it like the show has has done a good job of really. Coming into its own as far as being both a very solid character drama as well as one that can make the plots work this season, especially I'm noticing like it's it, it's it's nice to be very excited about this show for that reason.
1: Well, and at least so far, it's been keeping me guessing. You know, I would yeah, never that, thought yeah, that the very much, terminus yeah. stuff would be wrapped up so fast, and that the hunter stuff would be wrapped up so fast, and then you know, thinking that Daryl had already taken care of everything at the prison or at the uh, at the hospital, and now it wasn't. I, I really like being kept on my toes like this.
2: I like that there's a fractured timeline in place. That's helping a lot. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I've been uh, I've been really enjoying the pace this season. I think they've really gotten a good pace as far as uh, keeping you know a- episodes with the action and a lot of things happening and things moving along, like you say, the terminus uh, story arc and things like that. But also taking episodes to fill in character bits, like this one, like the last episode with Beth, um, being able to like fill in those uh, those you know. The characters that that we haven't really had uh, as much time with as we did over the other half of the last season, so um, I'm really enjoying the pace of the season and just like you know, the. I think it's a good mix of both the character-driven stuff and the plot-driven stuff.
2: Before we get to the kind of the rating part of it, I do want to get into one more kind of dig at the episode, uh, not to be so negative about it, because again, I really like this episode a lot. But I do, and I can see this kind of in kind of how the um the the facebook group have they've responded as well as far as reactions to this episode overall and where this is this is obviously this is a character focused episode it's not a it has one action set piece which is what you can say about last week that last week had a couple more i guess um, this one had a number of this one has a number smaller ones but it's it had hard, a lot of zombies for sure i i would say i guess in comparison to like the season premiere which obviously has to go big because it's, it's a season premiere this episode is obviously more character focused especially because you only have two characters to follow it does have the zombie stuff and that's great it's really it's really well done we've talked about it already especially like last week had some really cool zombie stuff done with hoses and whatnot um but to the point i'm getting to for this being an episode that's basically character focused very much a mood piece kind of more focused on developing the a- atmosphere and having characters walk through that atmosphere and showing them where they are in their state of mind a lot of the conversations they have and this is an episode where there isn't like a ton of dialogue but it is two characters essentially talking to each other so take that as it will not much dialogue, not much dialogue but characters talking to each other a lot of the conversations tend to run very similarly to each other and it's something that I've I see a lot in the Rocking Dead it's why I kind of knock on the writing a lot because as much as it's you know neat to see characters react to what you would do in this apocalyptic scenario hearing kind of philosophizing about um how how life is now hearing that kind of not once not twice not three times but you know continually on the show it starts to you know sound a little redundant and that was something that also kind of bugged me a little bit in this episode it seemed like we were having some similar scenarios going over and over again
1: the way I would phrase it, um, and and this is actually because of something that most recently happened in Amazing Spider-Man, which is quite funny because they referenced the, uh, the uh, newspaper Amazing Spider-Man comic strip. Um, I would compare it to those sequential uh, newspaper comic strips you'll see that are usually three panels. And the way it works structurally usually is the first panel is... ...reiterating what happened in the last uh, comic strip you saw from the day before. The second panel and the third panel... ...or the second panel, you know, it continues the story... ...and the third panel is a revelation or a cliffhanger or something. And then the next day, you have the first panel... ...reiterates what happened in (laughs) the yesterday, etc. So you have this weird structure of their conversations... ...being a very short conversation... ...where they exchange a few lines of dialogue that are good... ...and then five or ten minutes of other stuff happening... And then they ha- they come back to the conversation, and the char- one character will reiterate what their last conversation was about. They'll have another few lines of dialogue, another break, and then they'll reiterate what happened in the last conversation. <laughs> and then they'll have a very short conversation. So it was that same structure and over and over again. It was a little weird, but the dialogue was so sparse in the episode in general, it didn't bother me. It was weird how disjointed it was, though, in that, hey, remember that conversation we had an hour ago? Let's continue yeah. that now, but very, very succinctly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is the kind of thing where the, the actors are good enough to make it work. Again, because I do like this episode, but it is something that sticks out to me. And it for a, like an episode like last week, which has the broadest characters on the show, um, it works fine of being able to inject certain levels of humor as well as drama and whatnot. This episode, obviously, Carol and Daryl, they're not the comic highlights of the series. They have great chemistry together, and it's nice to see them occasionally smile because something, you know, worked in their favor. But I'm not expecting to get, you know, the comedy hour between them. So I'm not expecting to get conversations that go all over the place. But at the same time, the, the 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 depth of their conversations feels kind of shallow when you're hearing the same thing over and over again. So I can't say that I was like massively entertained by hearing those same conversations take place.
0: From what I mean, these two two characters, you know, supposedly care a lot about each other. I mean, they're they're always, you know, they've been there for each other through all these different things. Mm-hmm. And the, I just felt like their conversations were just really boring and banal. Banal. I don't know, for, for being people that are supposed to be as close as they are to one another and to have, you know, have this kind of kinship, bond, friendship, or whatever, it didn't really seem like they were talking about much of anything.
2: It's the kind of thing where if you if you filmed all of their journey together, like we're seeing, you know, obviously an hour worth of TV or 42 minutes worth of TV show. If, and like, if you filmed like their entire journey together, they probably had conversations in between those conversations that were maybe a little more lively or more entertaining, but we've only picked and choose the ones that were, you know, kind of running Mm -hmm. where where Jim's kind of talking about where they're not as exciting as they
0: could be. I just, I expected there to be more meat to the conversation. Like, like you're saying, Aaron, the, the actors are are good and they're selling what they've got, but what they have to work with is, is, I felt was lacking. I felt like there should have been more meaning. There should be more gravitas to what they were saying to one another rather than, you know, shooting the breeze and kind of philosophizing, you know, that we, you know, about how things are now. I mean, I thought they were past all that. Um, so I was kinda I was kinda disappointed on that end. Again, you know, you make a very good point, the acting a lot of times on this show outpaces the writing and I think this is a you know, a prime example of that because I really I like the scenes of them together. I like this episode a lot. I just felt that I just felt like they should have given me a little bit more you know of, of their you know their esteem their their relationship to one another
1: so before we get into our buster ratings let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor it's dcbservice.com that's discount comic bookservice.com comics are expensive. Uh, we all read them. We all buy them. At least us, uh, the hosts, and many of our listeners as well. And guess what? They're really, really expensive. You're paying, you know, three ninety nine a book, four ninety nine a book, sometimes for 20, 30 pages, maybe fifty pages if you're lucky.
0: The new Batman fl- solicited for January is going to be five dollars an issue.
1: Yeah. And uh, hopefully you'll get some extra pages out of that. But even if even if you do, comics are expensive. Trade paperbacks, the collections, the hardcover collections, they're expensive. A great way to get them much, much cheaper 15, 20, 25, 30, sometimes even 50% off is DCBService.com. They're a great resource. We really thank them for the uh, continued support of this show. And, uh, you know, the mid-season break is coming up. And you're gonna have a long time before new episodes come out. Catch up on the Walking Dead comic. Check out on uh, catch up on other great comics that are out there, and get great discounts, great deals on it. And not just comic books, but comic book related merchandise: hoodies, t-shirts, baseball caps, playing cards. Anything you can imagine, if it's comic book related, they probably got it and at a great deal. So check out Discount Comic Book Service at DCBservice.com.
0: And if you're a longtime listener and you know you've checked them out in the past, go back and check them out again. They have uh, sales all the time. They discount stuff they're trying they have clearance sales and where they're trying to get rid of things uh, that are in overstock and it's always worth going back to check every few weeks to see what they've marked down and brought out.
1: So, Buster Ratings, gentlemen. Jim, what did you think of this week's episode?
0: I really enjoyed this. Melissa McBride has consistently been one of my favorite actors in this series. And I think you know this is no exception here. She was incredible. Uh, her and Rita have really good chemistry together. I just wish the writers would have exploited it a little more. I give this a 4.25. Uh,
2: I'll agree with everything Jim just said. <laughs> about that? <laughs> okay, wow. succinct and to the point.
1: <laughs> wow. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Let me go 4.5. I, I really liked this episode, despite the, the you know the little nitpicks here and there I had that took me out of the episode momentarily. It was so much fun, um, and, and even the parts that weren't you know like funny or, or exciting, the, the character stuff, even if some of the writing was a bit circular and weird, was really good. They have great chemistry together. I like the action set pieces, even if there weren't a ton of them. There's still plenty of zombies, new ways to show the zombies. Uh, the van scene was really cool, even with the weird visual gaff. And I just really enjoyed this episode altogether. I think it was even better than the average episode. So I'm going to four point five here. And I'm excited for next week.
2: It was engrossing. That's a good way to put I mean, that's it held my attention. And I mean that's that's a I mean, yeah, obviously something will hold your attention, but I mean it, it I, I agree with you, Jordan. I really do think it um it did everything it could to really give you what you want out of of an episode of The Walking Dead in a very good way.
1: I think the best thing I could say even for the episode is when uh, Daryl and Noah get in the box truck at the end of the episode, I had to pause the DVR real quick, I forget why, but and I saw there was like 55 seconds left in the episode, and I went, wait, what? There's no way it's over already. That's how engrossed I was in this episode, so.
0: I think you made a good point earlier, the, um, with the flashbacks being uh, non-sequential, it was just really kind of kept you guessing as to what would be you know, running across their mind next.
1: It was very, very good, but who cares about what we think? Jim, what did our listeners on the Facebook group think?
0: We have a mighty, mighty Facebook group uh, that goes along with this podcast called The Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group, oddly enough. And you may have heard of Facebook. It's very popular with the young people. But what we do every week is we put up a uh, a uh, post and we ask our uh, members of the group to tell us what they thought of the episode. And generally this week we got a lot of favorable reviews. Uh, Brent Jones gave it a 4.95 sleep- walker sleepovers out of 5. Maybe my favorite episode of the series... Wow. From the opening flashback to the dumpster fire, I love them being in the city, not being in the woods. Loved seeing the tank. Um, only negative was the van fall. Thought it was lame. Uh, Robin Young Sanders, 4.5 doggy butt paintings. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Daryl Dixon has a, a second career as an art critic. I really do. Uh, I enjoyed it much more than the previous two. Getting back to an urban setting really drove home how bleak and dystopian things have become. Uh, Everard sent to Maria 4.25 pigs in a poke sleeping bag zombies out of five. A little slow, but got some info out of both Daryl and Carol, who are notoriously enigmatic. Yeah, I'm letting Noah die there, except I'd be curious about what he knows. He seems a little too clean for someone who's on the street in the big city. Uh, Michelle Yvette Peoples four stuck in the tent walkers out of five Love the look and the feel Like the throwback to Rick's entry into the city in season one where Colonel Durrell are driving into Atlanta even though it was just a little too convenient and I'm fairly sure there has to be more than one road into Atlanta uh, Donny Salvo 3.5 where did I park my vans uh, I was kind of hoping this Beth thing would just move along <laughs> lol uh, Trisha Terrell Collins, a uh, four, don't crush Noah's between the bookcases for this episode. You can't go wrong when the show has Daryl and Carol bring on the group and let's crush Dawn. Uh, Monica Smith and Anaceto, four, everybody hates Chris because he stole our weapons out of five. Oh, Monica, I'm sorry. I stole your joke even though I hadn't read it already. Uh, <laughs> Mike Jones, uh, three, lack of Obamacare plans out of five. <laughs> Oh, brother. It took an entire episode to show how Carol got into the hospital. Seemed like a waste of valuable time, but seeing more of Atlanta again was cool. Uh, Leo Cavalla, uh, four out of five airbags. Great episode overall. The only thing I missed is the fact Daryl and Carol didn't hook up, LOL. Uh, McMuse, I really liked this episode. I give it a 4.5 out of five. They agree with you. She agrees with you, Jordan. Uh, I thought there was a nice balance of talking, finding out info, and action. Enjoyed finally seeing Carol's out fin- story fleshed out finally. Um, Mary Turk gave this one a solid four busters in bags. Uh, loved getting more about Carol's past and seeing Atlanta was Creepily fun. I like the tie-ins of Carol always finding a way back to the group, too. She's come such a long way. It makes me wonder if she's reached the end of her road. Yeah, just like you were saying, Jordan. For the, uh, she's become a victim of her own foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Robert Nigro, a three indoor tents out of five, a great episode, but again with the problems walking dead. It's had of late action and effects to cover over major logic flaws. Um, Ian Tim's four out of five Italian jobs. Don't think about the physics too much. It's just good TV. Um, <laughs> setting up mid-season nicely. Obviously referring to the van crash. Uh, Craig Demanda 4.25 cartons of Morley cigarettes out of 5. Um, I'm a sticker for continuity and we're getting a lot of it lately. I love the flashbacks and time jumping we're seeing lately. And By the way, Morley is the favorite fictitious brand of some of our favorite TV movie characters like him and he posted a wonderful picture of the smoking man from the X-Files. Uh, Shailen Benson 4 out of 5 worst camping trips ever. <laughs> Big shout out to Lost Smoke Monster.
1: Jordan. You know, as bad as that camping trip was, I've been on much worse. Camping sucks.
0: Was there a lost smoke monster in this episode that I missed?
1: Oh, maybe maybe just some of the uh, smoke plumes we saw at various points in the episode. I think that was just the a idea. Guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, Belinda Clark Ake. Let me see. Five is my start rating for being Daryl and Carol. I've loved their friendship relationships in season two. It gets minus two for them not taking this opportunity to blank like bunnies. It gets plus half for their relationship not being dragged down by the gratuitous but hot sexcapade. I love them being back, in the, so, uh, being back in the city. I look forward to them taking Dawn down secretly. I hope for Daryl to end up with Carol and Beth's sister wives, but that will probably not happen. I can't decide who to ship. Uh, so that leaves me 3.5 out of five vans that should have landed on their roofs but mysteriously ended up on their tires. Thank you. Yeah, you've been vindicated, Jordan. Good job. <laughs> uh, best, a new night. Best episode since Four Walls on a Roof. Expecting a mid, big mid-season finale. Uh and will give it a three point seven five out of five airbags that still work. I hope they wrapped up best storyline next week. Uh Mike Jones, I'm gonna call it now, Daryl and Carroll will never hook up. Uh Roger Austin four point five bookshelves might be the best episode of the season. And Philip Hurd, a four point five t Dogs. You know you're having a bad apocalypse and there's only one car in the road and it hits you by accident. <laughs> Uh, we have a really great Facebook group. Uh, we always have a lot of cool news postings there. We have uh, you know, uh, story theories and discussion about storylines and uh, uh, reviews that uh, Aaron writes for the young folks. There are also uh, links posted to that uh, as weekly written reviews of each episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, you can link to it right there in our Facebook group. Again, it's The Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. Please join us. I pour blood into my keyboard trying to get those reviews out late at night on Sundays <laughs> he does he taps he, he, he hits his head against a brick wall in Morse code and then decodes it himself yeah
1: there's only one car on the road it manages to crash into you and it wasn't even driven by the lorry
0: I was gonna go for lorry there it has to be a way to make that a lorry joke right
1: low hanging fruit but oh well so that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Of course, we'll talk about next week's episode a little bit after the ending here. But uh, for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled, well, we'll give you a warning before we get to that. You can leave us a voicemail at 972 798 3830, or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, Long Box of Doom, uh, Black Box Out Now, Jersey Shore, the iPod Cranecast, the DC TV Podcast, which is covering tons and tons of shows. Uh, It's All Connected, which is covering all of the Marvel stuff going on right now and many, many more if it's fun, if it's nerdy, and uh, if you don't have anybody to talk to at work about it, we've probably got a podcast or seven about it going on right now that you'd enjoy.
2: Can I jump in on the the podcast train? Um, I am aware that our podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the 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 weekly movie show that I host with my friend Abe, um, we're in like the "What's Hot" section on iTunes, which is like new to me, and I'm just very happy about oh, that. Oh, congratulations, dude! <laughs> so, I, I I think it has to do with our—we've had kind of back-to-back episodes about talking about Nightcrawler and Interstellar, and they've been very good conversations. And apparently, people are spreading more of the word. So, I'm just, you know, for anyone that does listen to our show from this show that listens to our to the Out Now show, uh, thank you. And uh, for anyone that's not, feel free to join in because we have a lot of fun talking about the uh, weekly movies that arrive on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, the Interstellar episode was really good, by
0: the way. And I you. haven't listened to that one yet, but I really enjoyed the Nightcrawler episode. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network. I'm at Jordan, FRM Jersey. Aaron is at Aaron's PS4. And Jim is at Yoda Jones. And so until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember seatbelts save lives. Buckle up every time, please, folks. Have a good week.
2: Get the bikes! <laughs>
1: and next week on the walking dead if you don't want to know anything about next week's episode tune out now and have a good week but stop jerry stop no jerry don't episode 507 is entitled crossed and the episode synopsis we have is a rescue mission while attempting to hold down the church leaves the group spread thin now this makes me wonder what are they holding down the church from walkers is there another group out there is uh, Morgan going to show up in one of these next two episodes? What What are your thoughts on this?
2: How cool would it be if, like the like, all hope is lost and like Morgan swings it out like a zip line and Atlanta's Like, guys, I'm here and saves <laughs> Rick and the gang. <laughs> that, would that would be, be cool. awesome. Yeah, it would. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Seth Gilliam did something terrible to somebody else as well, and they're coming after his church again or something. <laughs>
1: Well, who knows? We'll find out next week on The Walking Dead. Uh, but until then, have a good week, everybody. See ya. Good night.
2: Yes, I'm
0: really, yeah, that looks a lot better. Good. Okay. I'm recording in beautiful monophonic sound. Me, 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 me.
1: See, now I'm getting that background noise in my... Maybe it's nothing. I don't The waveforms look good. I tested it before. We I said a problem I before. I was,
0: getting, um, I was getting, like, really faint... Um, uh, other people, you know, other people's voices very faintly you know, in the background of mine, but it, it turned out it was. My...
1: You usually, that means your headphones are turned up too loud, or your mic sensitivity is too At high, least. or you own. have ghosts. My, or, or, my s- yeah, or ghosts. <laughs> yeah, or yes. Noise.
0: Michael Keaton.
2: Is this a one two six? Um, because three weeks ago was one two three. One twenty six.
1: 126 <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. it's working for me. <laughs>
1: And I should probably put this out here right in the beginning, and I can edit this out if it uh, doesn't apply, but my internet connection is really spotty at the moment because of uh, very bad rain we've been having, so if it seems like I'm not listening to what people are saying, it's probably because I literally couldn't hear it through the connection. So I apologize in advance to my uh, co host here. Uh, I'm not trying to be rude, it's just my internet connection at the moment. And we're so,
2: back, so that was a, uh, yeah, No, we'll never see that edit happen. And,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I, just, I like to cover my bases. That's seamless, it. seamless. And if, if anything else, it can always go in the bloopers, so. So this week we're talking about uh, Walking Dead. <coughs>
0: <laughs> this week we're going to listen to Jordan choke to death.
1: Yeah.